Hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hello, Courier Nation. Welcome back once again to the Deliver on Your Business podcast. It is good to have you back. It is great to be back. And here I am today, kind of shivering in my little uh, Entree Courier studios. Yesterday, it was 91 degrees. Today, it's about 30 degrees out there. But it'll be a good night to get out and deliver tonight because, you know, you get that you get that uh, snow, you get bad weather, and people want to order more food. So Tuesday night, usually I stay home on Tuesday nights, but this might be a good one to get out. Folks, I have had a chance to get out, do some e-bike deliveries. It's been kind of fun. The only problem that I've got with doing uh, any kind of bike or e-bike deliveries is I don't live right in the area that is really prime for using your bicycle for delivery. So that means either having to ride down to, uh, to, to ride my bike into downtown, or I've got to load the bike up and drive it downtown and then just use that as a base to go from. So that adds a little bit of time to that. Uh, um, it it kind of takes away a little bit from the amount of time that I can deliver, but I've been just extremely happy so far. I've been uh, hitting pretty close to the same amount of money per hour doing e-bike delivery. So maybe the financial Panther was on to something when he was on here a few episodes ago. Today's topic, my friends, accepting, rejecting, What's the best way to make your determination? You know, we've had uh, a few different ways that uh, people look at stuff. There's there's the Top Dasher or there's the Grubhub Premier where pretty much you take everything. There's the Decline Now movement. A little, we'll get into a little bit of controversy with them. But, uh, you know, cherry picking. Uh, there's folks, you know, do the no trip, no, no tip, no trip. Or what about uh, the folks that kind of go by the dollar per mile? Maybe there's another way. So I want to talk about some of these different methods. And and here is the biggest issue for me. The biggest thing about it is the best way really to evaluate offers is the one that works the best for you. I know some people, they take everything and they're happy as a clam. So why should I be ticked off at them for that? They love what they're doing. They're, they're having a good time. Cool. That's great. There's others that do things maybe differently than I do, but you know what? If it works for you, then it works. And I'm not going to tell you how to run your business, okay? What One of the biggest things I try and do with this podcast and with my website is to give you some ideas on things that I've, I've found work for me or that I've learned from other people that works for them and different stuff like that. But that doesn't mean you've got to do things the way that I do things or the way that I think is the best way to do things. So that's the main thing thought that I want to put out there is we look at some of these different things. The best way to do things is whatever works the best for you. Now, I don't have a problem with whatever way you choose to accept or reject orders or whether you choose to or to do it at all. You know, I do have a problem if you start to get militant, if you start telling me that your way is the only way to do things. It's asinine for me to take that kind of approach towards you or for you to take that approach towards me. And I've got no tolerance for anybody telling somebody how they have to make decisions without taking into account all of the things that are an important part of their business. So here's my way of looking at it. 
ultimately, I think that deciding, uh, I think choosing to accept and reject orders is, is an important part of what we do. I, I've said this a number of times that our way of setting our price is by accepting and rejecting delivery offers. That, uh, yes, we are running a business. And a lot of people say, no, you can't set your price, though. So you're not really running a business. And I say, baloney, you set your price. You set your price by what you accept and what you reject. Does the offer meet your price? Accept it. And if it doesn't, then you reject it. The question is, what's the best way? And like I said, the best way is whatever works for you. But what I do want to do is look at some of these different things. And I'll give you my thoughts. Uh, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts as far as why I think that a method can work and what's good about it. And I'll give you some thoughts about, you know, I think some issues that I've got with it. I won't tell you that you should or should not do any one of those. I've got an approach and I'll, I'll get into my approach and how I do things. And if you've listened to me enough, you already know what the approach is, but my approach isn't for everyone and different markets are different. Personal styles are different. Some of the things that are important to you and your business are going to be different than those that are important to me. And to say that only one method works is just simplistic and I think a little bit immature. So here's the thing, though. I think that uh, when you're evaluating strategies, it's kind of like, what do you base everything on? How do you decide what really is working better than the other? And here's the thing with that. Time is limited. You've only got so much time in a day. And generally, you've only got so much time available for you to go out and do deliveries. You know, whether or not you're doing it full time, whether or not you're doing this as a side hustle, you know, you could be Sam Lyon, the guy that went out 84 hours a week for a month and made over $8,300. But even then, there was a limit to how much time he could put, and he really pushed those limits. And the thing is, is if I go out and I make $80 in the same amount of time that it was taking me to make $60 before, well, it's real obvious that that's better, right? And ultimately, about the only way that you can objectively compare is to look at the time-related rate. You want to look at an earnings per hour to tell you a lot more than just a dollar amount at the end of the day. And now when I get to, in, in the DoorDash community, the debate is always active time versus dash time. I don't give a crap about either one of those measurements, honestly, because I'm not sure either one is accurate. I'm talking about the time that you actually go out with the intention to go deliver. And especially if you're going out that you're not doing anything else, but going out with the intention to deliver. I know there are a few people that they stay home and they just wait for orders to come in or some folks that they they've got the freedom to be able to do it from work. So they'll just keep the app on. And when something really good comes up, they'll do it. And in those situations, I don't think you can really measure that well, except for you can measure the delivery itself. But ultimately, what it comes down to is I think the best way to measure is going to be profit per hour. How much money did you make? But even more than that, how much money is left over after your expenses and especially your car expenses? You want to be real with how much your car really costs. It's more than just gas, folks. That's a different topic. Uh, I've done different episodes for that before. But how much did you make? How much time did it take you to make that? And how much is left over at the end of the time you figure out your profit per hour? Now, I went into a lot more detail in episode eight. I can get you a link on the show notes so that you can go check that out a little bit more to dig a little deeper into profit per hour. Let's talk about some of the different ways that people are doing evaluations. And, and the first one 
you know, you know what? I think each one of these can work well for somebody. I think each one of these could be a disaster for somebody else. And so we'll get into a, a little bit of both on, on each of these types of things. And the first approach, and, and basically I'm looking at, I think, like four general approaches. The first one is kind of that accept all. This is the kind of thing that if you're, you know, DoorDash Top Dasher, you're Grubhub Premier Driver, you know, it's the idea that you're going to take everything or just about everything that is offered to you. And there are those that they prefer to take every offer that goes to them, no matter what. There are those who are a little more selective, but they want to make sure they're accepting enough orders to qualify for program status like Top Dash or with DoorDash or your Pro or Premier status with Grubhub. And here's where this can work for you, I think. And I think it starts with your motivation. Um, like I said, some folks have different ways of doing things. And, you know, some of us are out there for that profit per hour. And some folks, you know what, you're out there for the experience. You want to get out and you deliver. And cool, you got to make a little bit of money while you're doing it. And that's the question you have to ask yourself is, what is important to you? Now, for some people, that total dollar amount, it just doesn't matter at all. It's kind of more like, I want to get out there. I just want to enjoy. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you jump on a road and you drive just to see where it's going, you know? Maybe it's not the most efficient thing to do by any means, but if that's what you want to do, you know, if that's your main thing, then you do you. Sometimes with the, with some, especially with these, uh, uh, program levels, there's a reward that you have to decide, is it worth the cost? And some folks have made that decision. They made the business decision that yes, it is worth it. And what do I mean by cost? And then the cost is that, you know, it costs you time. It costs you it costs you your vehicle. It, uh, and the thing about it is here's, here's the deal. I have found that if I'm going out and I'm accepting every single offer, I'm making dramatically less money than if I am selective about the deliveries that I'm going to accept or reject. I think there's some markets where maybe that number, the difference isn't as vast as maybe as it is where I'm at. But here's, here's the thing with these programs that I'm talking about. And before I get too far off into that, and that is that, you know, Grubhub and DoorDash especially, they've got these program levels that are tied very closely to what percentage of offers you accept. If you accept 70% of the deliveries that are offered to you by DoorDash, uh, then that's that's the main qualification. There's a couple of other things as well, but you can get what they call top dasher status. On Grubhub, they have a pro level and premier level. And like in my market, you've got to be 85% acceptance rate to be pro and 95% acceptance rate to be premier. And, and I, as I understand, I think those, those can vary just a little bit in different markets or anything like that. But the main thing, you know, so mo both of them, the main thing is they're really put, they're putting that out there to try and encourage people to accept more. And what they're doing is they're dangling benefits out there. Say, okay, if you do this, then will you give you these benefits? And ultimately on both sides, the only real benefit has to do with scheduling. It has to do with your ability to go out there and deliver. And it can be a huge thing in some markets. Now, before the pandemic hit, uh, we were getting to a place here in Denver where scheduling was getting a little tight with Grubhub. It, here's, here's how it works with Grubhub is that uh, if you are premier level, that 95%, you get to be part of the group that has first choice at grabbing up schedule blocks. And there's a limited number of blocks for each time frame that Grubhub makes available. And then a day later, uh, the pro level drivers, the 85% acceptance, they get the next shot at everything. A day later is when the rest of us who are called partner 
we get we get to uh, uh, go after the scraps. You know, we get to go after all those uh, blocks that are left. For the longest time, it didn't really matter a whole lot. I could get blocks real easily just about any time as a partner driver. Kind of back in January and February, it was getting tight. It was really getting tight. It was kind of getting to this point where you had to jump on at exactly 1045, which is when the, the schedule blocks were made available for partner drivers in my area. And you had to jump on right away to get the blocks that you wanted. If you waited just a few minutes, they were almost all gone. When you get to a point where it's that packed, uh, one thing a lot of people don't understand is they say, well, yeah, I just, I don't have to go on block or something like that. I can make good money. When you're in one of these markets where it is that tight, where it's that hard to get onto a scheduled block, um, it's usually not the same thing. Usually the uh, offers that go out to people that are not on a scheduled block, they're very rarely really good offers. Uh, and, and I'll tell you that from experience over two and a half years. And so there were times where it was starting to get to a point where I was almost starting to ask myself, am I going to have to start paying attention to pro or premier if I want to make sure that I'm still able to continue doing very much delivery on Grubhub? Ultimately, I decided it's not worth it because you make so much money, less money because of how horrible their dispatching is that you're driving all over the place. You're, you're running your, your car into the ground and not making as much money per hour in the process of doing it. So to me, it made more sense just to say, okay, I'm going to focus on other uh, delivery platforms rather than go after this program level. But maybe you're in a market where there's not as much of a, there are not as many opportunities to go out after things. Maybe you're in a market where, you know what, you don't lose that much by accepting everything. What I'm saying is every place is different. And so because somebody says, yeah, it's worth it to go after those things, just because it's not worth it for me in the way that I do things does not mean that it cannot be worth it for somebody else. Now, there is one area of concern that I've got with a lot of people, maybe, maybe most people that take this approach and, and it's, it's not, I don't know how you say it. I don't know. I don't want to call it a criticism. I don't want to tell you that you have to do something this way, but it's kind of a concern. It's kind of one of those things that, you know, you just look at something and you say, oh, but you could do so much better. And, and where I'm going with that is, is too many times people do this, they choose to take everything, but it's really more from a deficit mentality. It's kind of like they've, they've got this feeling that if I don't take this, there won't be a better offer, that I've got to take what I can grab or something like that. And I got to be honest, my and, and maybe it's just a different mindset for me, but to, in my thinking, it's like, you know what, if there's not going to be a better offer, then it's time for me to really ask the question, is this the right business for me to be in? Because I look at, I look at the delivery offers and they are, there are a lot of offers out there that it, the actual cost to deliver the order is more than what you're getting paid. That is backwards. That, that should never make sense to me, but you know, I guess I've got a feeling that I expect to do better than those types of orders. I've got a right to expect to do better. And especially if those gig companies that are throwing these offers out there, they're doing all this stuff where it's like they want me to think and act like an employee, but they don't want to pay for the right to have me as an employee. And so the bottom line is you got every right to ever, whatever mentality you choose to have, you know, but I believe you deserve more than the scraps that they throw your way when you're doing that. And that's why I say, you know, I'm not going to get mad at you and I'm not going to say you absolutely shouldn't do things that way. 
but I just do feel like you deserve better than that approach. And, and I fully admit um, that a lot of that is probably just my own mindset or something, my own perspective. And I, I, it's, it's the kind of thing when I'm talking about this type of thing, especially with acceptance and what you accept and what you don't, that I have to realize that perspective is a big thing. And just because I see it as a certain way doesn't mean you have to see it that way. Okay. There's a different way of people of uh, looking at orders, and it's uh, it's what you call the cherry pickers. Um, there's a, there's a group on DoorDash uh, in particular that's called Decline Right Now or hashtag Decline Now, and then there's of course No Tip No Trip is another hashtag out there. Cherry pickers is a term that grew up, especially I think among Grubhub drivers, where it was like people that were just selectively picking the best orders and letting the others go, and and I think you know it kind of came from this idea of low hanging fruit. You know, I'm just going to pick the stuff that that fits what I want to do. If the offer is too low, then I'm going to reject. If there's no tip, I'm going to reject. Here's kind of my thinking, especially when you get into like no tip, no trip, that personally, I don't care how much of the pay I'm getting is the tip. I don't give a crap how much of it is the delivery fee from the company. You know what, if is Grubhub, you know, they, they've been going to the $9 or 8 or $7 minimum. And a lot of people saying, well, hey, they shouldn't be doing that. Is, is Grubhub supplementing the low trip tip and they're paying extra and I don't actually get a tip from the person and I got seven bucks from Grubhub when normally it would be $3? I don't care. As long as the delivery meets my price. Is DoorDash too cheap by only paying $2 in delivery fee themselves when there's, you know, a $10 tip on top of that? I don't care, honestly. It doesn't matter. The thing is, is I took a look at the delivery offer. I asked myself, is it worth delivering? When I said, yes, it's worth delivering, that's the end of the discussion. That's that's the end of as far as, you know, my really putting any emotional energy into it. It's not worth the additional emotion to really get caught up in all that. When I make the decision, when I decided to start looking at that price where it was just very simply, if it meets my price, I'll take it. And if, if I took it, then... I'm okay with however it breaks down. And once I decided that, it took away probably the biggest area of stress that doing this delivery stuff has ever had. Because now I don't give a crap about the tip amount. I don't give a crap about the delivery fee amount. It it just doesn't matter to me. And and it's not worth the emotional energy. And ultimately, you know what? If somebody doesn't want to tip, to me, it's not worth the emotional energy to get offended because if the tip was too low. I don't want to give the person who didn't tip the power to ruin my day and get too stressed out over it. It's like I decided that this delivery was worth doing. You know what? If it took too long, that was my fault for not knowing it. But if it was like zero tip on top of that, oh, well, it's still I'm getting paid what I was promised to be paid. And I'm good with that. There's a group, like I mentioned, called Decline Now in the DoorDash community. It's kind of a they call themselves a movement. They they built up a Facebook group page. Uh, got a lot of people in that page. And uh, they do the hashtag decline now. And um, like I said, it's mostly centered on DoorDash delivery. Their primary approach is just simply, you know what, you got to decline smaller offers in favor of the better offers. And so, okay, that's cool. I do that. Probably the biggest difference between how they do things and how I do things is how do you determine what a good offer is to decline or accept? But you know, their approach is basically if it's less than $7, it's a no-go. 
I'll put a link to a little article that was put up on the uh, Pavement Grinders website that uh, they kind of looked at that a little bit. And, and you can kind of tell the author was was not too fond of the tactics of the mentality that uh, that uh, she saw within the group. And I'm going to admit there's some stuff that doesn't impress me a whole lot. They tend to be a little bit more militant, I think, about that. I'll get into that in a second. That's probably my beef with the group more than anything else. As far as the approach, okay, that's cool. It's, you know what, it is better than just taking everything. One thing I'll give them credit for, and I will say that, uh, you know, the Decline Now group, they go beyond just saying there's a minimum, but they got a theory behind it. And they kind of get this idea that, you know what, if you reject the $3 order, and somebody else rejects a $3 order that eventually DoorDash and their algorithm is going to bump the price up on that to where it's worth a little bit more. And so, you know, their theory is that if, you know, the more people that uh, maybe reject the low paying orders, the better it's going to be down the line that uh, DoorDash will get the picture and start paying a little bit more. It's an interesting theory. You know, what was kind of funny was I heard one of the guys in the group that because of that theory, they said, yeah, we're the thought leaders in this industry. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Oh, really? So if that if that theory makes you the thought leaders, what's that say about maybe the first person to come out with that theory in the first place? Yes, I am patting myself on the back a little bit. I'll put a link in the show notes, um, and it's also in the associated blog page uh, that I always put with this episode. But I wrote an article back in September of last year. September of last year was when DoorDash was rolling out their new pay model. This is when they had announced that they were going to do this pay that was based on time, distance, and desirability. And I wrote the article way back then, more than a year ago, that, uh, in fact, they hadn't even rolled out the, the pay model yet. They just said they're testing in a few places. And I said, the thing they're testing is this whole desirability. How do you figure out that desirability part of it? That And I put the theory out there then that what's going to happen, what you're going to see is that DoorDash will figure out a way to where they have to kind of bump up that desirability part to the point that they need to bump it up in order to get people to take the order. And it's all designed around finding the way to to, to get that order delivered at the cheapest amount that DoorDash has to pay out. So when somebody came out with that theory back before the model was was even rolled out, Tell me who the thought leader was there. Okay, enough of that anyway. So here's a question. Where do the cherry picking methods work well? Where where is it that, you know, this is good about uh, this this particular approach? And, And I go back to what I said earlier and what I say often. We set our price by accepting and rejecting orders. So I'm fully on board with this being selective. I'm a guy that I've got... You know, I'm, I'm probably more often than not much less than 20% acceptance rate on any of the platforms that I'm working with. These companies, they choose to employ us as businesses, not as employees. And so they gave us the right to make those decisions and cherry picking or declining orders. That is an essential right of being an independent contractor. So I'm completely on board with being very, very selective on the deliveries. Now, where I deliver, where I differ is on the criteria. And honestly, my, my opinion of uh, how, you know, what I have seen anyway of the decline now approach now, to most cherry pickers that I see is it's simplistic, that it just doesn't take enough into account. I, I see too many people that all they do is they base it on if it's seven bucks or less, I decline. If it's seven bucks or more, I'll take it. And ultimately, 
my, my evaluation of it, when I look at how it works for me is it leaves money on the table. When there's not enough thought put into the higher paying orders, you can spin your wheels on those. You can, I've had it happen so many times. I'm sure we've all had that happen so many times that you spend all this time on this $20 delivery and it takes a lot longer than you thought and your costs skyrocket because you're driving forever to get that 20 bucks and your profit per hour can be horrible on that. Well, at the same time, if a flat dollar amount is your only criteria, you can pass on some deliveries that are really very quite profitable. I'm, you know what? I'll tell you what. I will take a half dozen $6, 10-minute deliveries in an hour's time over just about any $20 offer that I get at any time. Why? Because I'm making more money in the same amount of time. And because there are such short deliveries, I've got minimal expenses. So to me, you can make sometimes more on those dollar, on those deliveries that they're rejecting than you can on the ones they're accepting. And I think the other issue that can happen if you're not real careful, and it depends on your market, it's not as big of an issue where I'm at, uh, to be honest, but it can lead to a lot of downtime. You know, if you say this is for everybody, but then you try and apply that in a um, in, in more of a rural market where the only you know, you're only going to see maybe one or two of the orders that they like come up every hour. You can sit around forever waiting for this offer that may or may not come. And like I said, in some markets, that's more of an issue than others. But if you're not more creative about understanding what is actually a, a truly profitable delivery, you can lose a lot of time. And it's, then what happens is if you want to keep your same profit per hour, it puts a lot more pressure on further deliveries to be even more profitable. Ultimately, my thought with decline now is I think that there's a better way to evaluate delivery offers. And that's just, that's my approach. That's my experience. However, it's, in my opinion, a better approach than just accepting everything. And if you follow that group, and if, if you take a lot out of that, you know, more power to you, hopefully you can kind of figure out some nuances that take you beyond the simplistic nature of their approach. Uh, my biggest beef, I think has more to do with how militant they can get. I've seen how the folks that are part of this get in some of the different uh, Facebook forums, and I've seen how they act towards people within their own group that disagree. And you know what? You know, they, they have, they'll shout down anybody that talks about doing anything less than a $7 order. And I've got no respect for that kind of closed mindedness wherever it comes from. So that's my biggest beef there. And if uh, if you want to do decline now, more power to you. If you want to tell me that decline now is the only way to go, go fly kite, you know. A third approach that a lot of people are taking is, and it's a common one also in DoorDash, um, is it's the dollar per mile approach. I'm going to cover this real quick. I see, you know, I, I just see a lot of people among DoorDash, especially who, they want to do more than just look at the miles and they want to be maybe a little more nuanced in uh, how they're accepting offers. So they, they picked this, uh, they picked up this idea that uh, it's got to pay so much per mile. And a lot of them are like, okay, if it pays a dollar a mile or better, I'll go ahead and take it. And if it's, you know, or you know, some of them will go up to $2 per mile or whatever. And if it doesn't pay that much, then I'll pass. And, and the reason I say I mentioned this about being among DoorDash drivers, I've seen a lot of guys that have, they started out with DoorDash and then when they picked up Grubhub, they hate Grubhub because they don't know how many miles that they're going. But anyway, 
is Grubhub doesn't tell you the miles. It just shows you the map and you got to figure it out for yourself. Anyway, what I like is that it attempts to do a little more than just the dollar amount. It, it attempts to weigh more than just one factor. And and I'm going to say, as a general rule, you know what? If, if a trip's paying less than a dollar a mile, more often than not, a lot more often than not, it's not worth taking. I, I, I'll totally agree with him on that end. But my problem with it is it's not, it's not a great criteria to use by itself because I think it just leaves too many bad deliveries on the table. It, it makes you, it doesn't take into account enough other things. Um, you know what? A dollar a mile just isn't enough. It just isn't. Uh, your expenses are a lot more than you think they are. And uh, especially when you're driving your car, especially. And so you've got a lot left money, less money left over because of that. But the other thing is, like I said, it's, it's left too many low paying offers on the table. Um, it doesn't take into account the more important factor in my opinion, which is time. You know, I saw somebody post a DoorDash offer up in one of the Facebook groups one time, and it was, it was something like $13 for a five mile delivery. It was 4.6 miles of delivery. And all of the dollar per mile folks were like, well, yeah, of course I would take that. You'd be a fool not to take that. And it's like, yeah, but that was in Manhattan, New York. I almost called it Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> so, uh, there's a big difference between Manhattan, New York and Manhattan, Kansas. But anyway, yeah, here it is coming out of Manhattan, going over the George Washington Bridge. And you can't get five miles in, in a very fast amount of time around there. So it's like, you know, there's, I think that's part of the problem is you don't take into account all the other things that are involved. And so, so many times like you get, you know, you, you'll get a, a $5 delivery that's going two miles, but you know, they don't take into account that, oh man, you're going to be stuck doing a 15 minute wait at the restaurant. Cause you always do at that restaurant or because you're in rush hour, that two miles is going to take forever. And so that's part of the problem, I think, with doing the dollar per mile amount. Um, I think it weeds out some stuff that should be weeded out, but I think it allows too many deliveries. Maybe, maybe that's the best way to sum it up. So here's how I do it. My approach. If you've listened to me much, you've already heard this. It's earnings per minute. And I call it the 50 cent rule that a delivery has to pay me 50 cents a minute or better, or I'm not taking it. 50 cents a minute is my price. If it doesn't meet the price, I don't take it. Like I said, the most important way to evaluate your performance is your profit per hour. So what this does is it kind of reverse engineers that. You start with, what am I wanting to make per hour? Now, when I do the 50 cent rule, I don't do profit. I just do straight earnings. But I base it on $30 an hour, which I figure out that I need to be making 30 bucks an hour to have about a $25 an hour profit. And so... I start with the 30 bucks an hour, divide that, it comes down to 50 cents a minute. And I evaluate the delivery on if it is going to pay 50 cents a minute. I know a lot of you are saying, man, that is high. That is way too high. And maybe in your area it is. I know a lot of people find that aggressive because heck, when I was doing the 40 cent rule about a year ago at 24 bucks an hour, there were a lot of people that thought, that was way too high, that it was just, that was asking too much, that it was just going to, that was going to weed out way too many deliveries. And maybe that is too aggressive for you. I'm going to tell you that whatever you've got in mind that you should be shooting for is probably too low. 
most just because that's the way most of us work. We kind of we put limits on ourselves, and sometimes the limits are because of where our mindset is more than what the reality is. Now, if you're doing the 50 cent rule, it takes a little bit more thought. And this is one reason a lot of people don't like it. In fact, I remember a guy that uh, uh, after the 40 cent rule came out and a couple of other people took that and really pushed it. And this one guy went on YouTube talking about that's just too complex. That makes people think too much. Well, the problem is, is when you don't think much, you get what you thought about, you know. But anyway, here's the deal. You got to, with, with this 50 cent rule, you got to calculate, you got to get an idea for how long that delivery is going to take. You got to take into a lot of account things into account. How far are you going? Um, how long is it going to take you to get there? What's the traffic like? What's the restaurant like? But you know, you do this long enough. And those of you that have done this for a while, you know, you know, when you get an order that this is probably going to take me 15 minutes, or this is probably going to take me about a half hour. And generally you've got a really good idea what it's going to take. And with a lot of practice too, at just trying to estimate how long is this going to take? You can get pretty good at that, but it takes some thought. It takes some practice. Are you willing to put a little bit of extra in to maybe do a little bit better on your earnings? So here's how it goes. How many minutes is it going to take to deliver this order? You get a pretty good idea. You're never going to get it exact, but once you get pretty practiced at this, you're going to, you're going to hit it uh, as much as you miss and how much will it pay? Divide that by how many minutes it's going to take. And does it add up to 50 cents or more per minute, at least on my 50 cent a minute rule? If, if it does, it means my price. If it does not, it doesn't. And I pass. It's as simple as that. There's a quick version of that, that I didn't realize when I jump up to 50 cents a minute, how easy you could make this. And it really kind of simplifies the decision process. The math is about as easy as it gets. You don't really have to do math other than know how to double a number. Because what you do is you look at the amount that you're going to get paid for the delivery and you double it. Okay. $5 delivery, you double it to 10. If it's a $15 delivery, you double it to 30. That number that you just doubled to, that's the maximum number of minutes. In other words, with that $5 delivery, you ask yourself, can I get that delivery done in 10 minutes or less? You doubled the five to 10. Can I get done in 10 minutes or less? If you can, you take it. If you can't, you pass. What about the $15 delivery? Can I get done within 30 minutes or less? If you can, you take it. If you can't, no. I don't care how much is tip. I don't care how much is delivery fee. It doesn't matter even if it is less than $7. You know what? If it pays $30 an hour, I'm taking that delivery. Because as long as I'm doing deliveries that are paying $30 an hour, I'm going to be in a hell of a lot better spot than the guy that waits around forever for 20 bucks. Now, is it for everybody to do it this way? Probably not. And you know what? You don't have to do 50 cents. Like I said, I used to, I, I started out, I've got some uh, articles on the website where I called it the 40 cent rule. And when I first started thinking through this, I was thinking in terms of like a 25 cent rule. This is way back when I first got started. You got to decide what's, what's the fit for you. But the other side of it is you do have to think. You do have to put a little more effort into it. And some people just want quick and easy. And if you want quick and easy, this probably isn't for you. And that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Um, what I am going to tell you is you got to understand the trade-off. Because there is no super simple rule. And uh, even, you know, even the... You know, even if you go and say, well, okay, it's got to be at least $7 and $2 a mile or whatever, you know, all of a sudden you're starting to get a little more complicated over there too. 
But even then, you get, you miss an awful lot more that way. And so there's no real simple one-step rule that says, oh yeah, that's a winner. And so you want to do something that takes into account the big picture of your time, of your miles, and what you're getting paid. Now, if you're part of that first group where acceptance rate matters that much, this one definitely isn't going to be a good fit for you because you've got to be willing to turn down sometimes a lot of deliveries to make it work. And I'm okay with whether or not you decide this is a good idea for you. It's it's not it's not my business to say your business has got to be like my business. You understand what I'm saying? It's your business. It is not mine. So you get to make your decisions. Now, the question is, is $30 too, an hour too high? It might be. And I honestly thought it was. There were times when I, when I was doing it, calling it the 40 cent rule. And there were times that I'd say, maybe I should try 50 cent rule. And I thought, no, I shouldn't. That's, that's, that's pushing it too high. And I said, maybe I should figure out a way to do the math easy for a 45 cent rule. But you know what? At one point I decided to go ahead and go for it. And, and it's worked. And you know, basically I gave myself a pay raise by deciding that, you know what? I could do this. And it makes me wonder How much higher could I go, you know? But how do you know if it's going to be too high or not? And a lot of it is knowing your market, but maybe one thing you can try is study your market for a little bit. Take some time, pay attention to what the delivery offers are coming through without accepting or rejecting, just seeing, you know, and just offer after offer after offer, monitor it and measure it. And here's what I would recommend doing. In fact, someday now that I've mentioned this, I'm going to do it. And and I'll write about it because I, I'm, I'm curious to see what it looks like where I'm at, but here's what you can do. Take a time when you would normally be out for delivery, go wherever you would normally go and log in. You got to be willing to trash your acceptance right here to do this. Log into any and all the apps that you normally log into and start monitoring the offers that come in. And with every offer, what you want to do is You know, you want to figure out about how much is that going to pay per minute. Now, if you can do this for a few hours, that's better. If you could do this for a few days, that's even better because the more data you get, the more that you know that that's not just some kind of anomaly or something, you know, but what you do is you just track, you know, write down every single offer that comes in and how much would it have paid per minute. You got to do, you know, kind of the, whatever the figuring is, and you're not going to be accurate all, all the time on those offers, but you can have a pretty good idea. How much is it paying per minute? And oh, by the way, then you go through when it's all said and done. And how many times per hour did you get one that paid that offered at least 50 cents a minute or better? If there's only one, two or three times, then I'm going to tell you that 50 cents a minute is too high of a rule to set because you're going to have a half hour wait between offers. If you're getting 10, 12, 15, 20 of those showing up every hour, that's telling me that you're going to be maybe two or three or four minutes at the most between offers. And that usually is enough that you're like, okay, you know, you get out and you, if you're getting enough of those good offers, you're making up for that wait time. So I think, you know, you're okay in those situations. And, you know, so if 50 cents is too high, well, how many times is it up at uh, 40 cents or more or 30 cents, you know, and and just get a look at what the more common ones are and how often do you get the ones in there? And that'll help you get an idea of maybe what kind of a rule to set for yourself. And so if you want to go to 40 cents a minute, that's still 24 bucks an hour. And a lot of people would love to be making that much. 
that's a way that you can kind of test that 50 cent rule. So you ask, well, what if I want to do something just a little bit simpler? I don't want all those different things. I think that something would work even better than the decline now. Um, it'd be worth testing it just to see, you know, what, what makes more difference is do you do it based on a price or you do it based on time? And I'm going to tell you just from, uh, what I call the reverse cherry picking that I did with uh, Uber eats started making me realize how much more important time was than the dollar amount. If, if you didn't know the dollar amount, I would tell you right away, always go on time. 15 minutes, you absolutely take it. If, if it's something that can be done in 20 minutes, you know, start taking a look at the restaurant. Maybe you might have a little better tip and probably worth taking. If it's something that's going to take more than a half hour, more often than not, I'm going to pass on it. And so I think if you were to pick one thing, I would tell you to do time. But in the end, the one that works best for you is the one that works the best for you. It's the one that fits your personality. It's the one that fits your style. If you want to be a little more nuanced, then start paying attention to the pennies per mile, or I'm sorry, um, pennies per minute, you know, 50 cents or 40 cents or whatever. And especially if you don't mind doing a little bit of math real quick. And if you need something simple, then go with something simple. And if you need to take every order, then take every order. My biggest beef with the folks who champion certain ideas isn't so much that they do those ideas. It isn't, I don't care if I agree with them or disagree. You know what? They've got a right to be wrong. Or maybe it's that I've got a right to be wrong. You know, who's, who's to say there, but I, I don't care if we agree with each other on how to do it. Where I've got a beef is when you start telling me you've got to do it this way. When you start telling everybody else that you're wrong because you do it that way. And that's where I've got a problem with you. And so I'm going to champion my per minute rate because I see how it works. I see why it works. I see how it kind of levels out your earnings and makes your earnings a lot more stable. And, and so I believe that because of that, it can help you out. So I'll tell you about it, but I'm not going to get up in my feelings if you decide not to use it because it's your life. It's your business. You make your choices. And folks, as I'm wrapping up here, that's what I that that's the thing that's most important to me is you're making your choices. You're making your decisions. You are running a business and it is up to you to decide what you're going to do. I hope this website, this podcast and everything like that is helping you to maybe do that a little bit more. And if it is, can you let other people know about it? Because the more people that can find this website and things like that, it's more people that we can help them to operate their business. But the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway, just like every week, is it's what you do. And like I said, I can throw out ideas, I can throw out suggestions, but in the end, it's your decision to make. You're the one running the business, it is your business, you make your choices. So be the boss. 